0: at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, price and coverage match limited by state law. As a kid, my grandfather had a shotgun. He brought it out twice every year. Once. As the clock turned over on New Year's Eve, he'd run out to the porch and blast into the sky. Granddaddy! Granddaddy, you said whatever goes up has got to come down. Nah, not on New Year's Day, baby. And the other time was the night before Halloween, where in Detroit, thousands of fires erupted the moment the sun set over the horizon, the city's rage blazing orange and red and gold. Devil's Night. And I watched Granddaddy get his gun set up his folding chair on the porch and sit smoking his cigarette, stroking the barrel. I get back up in the house now, baby. Take care of your grandmama. All around us, Detroit burns. And hiding behind the bars on our windows, looking out into the darkness past Granddaddy, I see shadows running on the sidewalk. Hooded figures wearing Batman, Superman, Donald Duck masks, carrying torches, Gasoline container Some pausing to consider our home Then hearing the cock of his gun barrel Before deciding to move on And if he's going to stay up to protect us I'm going to stay up to protect him All night long if I have to And I try Watching Watching Shadows Fires Police cars I try Then first light Presses me awake my face sleep mashed against the window I jump up scared open the front door and see my granddaddy still sitting sentry on the porch still holding his shotgun pulling the dregs from his last cigarettes his pack was super long menthol cools empty you keep your granny safe like I asked you yes sir good boy granddaddy weren't you scared Then, for just an instant, his eyes flash hot. He looks at me like he's seeing something else. Someone else. I already paid the fire once, baby. I won't pay it again. Before he says it, I never knew how his sister had passed. I didn't understand that it wasn't an accident. I didn't know that someone had meant to burn his black family from their home in the middle of the night and how every person that crawled out of that inferno long ago took something of the flame with them. I didn't understand that he's been battling a different fire for a very long time. Then the burn passes from his eyes and he's almost my grandfather again and I need him back from that place he just went. Granddaddy, Granddaddy, can I have just a little bit of ice cream up put my cornflakes? He looks at me all the way then. Baby, you're going to have a lot of ice cream in there if you don't tell your grandmama. Today on Snap Judgment, a very special tradition. We're taking you on a path Through the dark woods, we proudly present Campfire Tales, part one, Dismal Falls, featuring stories trapped beyond the veil from our sister show, Spooked, a luminary original. On this spooked road, we know full well that things are never as they seem. That people are often fighting invisible battles against unseen forces. We know all of this. But still, there's a different type of magic to being in the wild that highlights the mystery of everything we do not see. And our next storyteller, Chuck. Chuck comes face to face with his unknown. Deep in the Appalachian wilderness, at a place called Dismal Falls.
1: My name is Chuck. I've been hanging out in the woods since I was really young. Kind of been out there ever since. Between backpacking tours and wilderness therapy, ended up making it what I do for a living at this point. So this happened in 2015. It was summertime. And the the camp that we were working out of, our main base camp, from what I understand, it was an old, Christian summer camp. I'm not sure uh, the details, but it was pretty old camp. Uh, A lot of the cabins that we used uh, had been kind of redone a little bit. And then of course we had the uh, horse stables and we had, I want to say like probably 15 or 16 of them, older horses, a lot of them. And uh, the horses were actually essentially in therapy as well. The kids would work with them for part of their therapy. And then the horses were also being rehabilitated from abusive homes at the same time. At night, you would hear down by the stables, the donkey, his name was Stanley, it was a mini donkey, and he would start going off at night down there. I don't know if anybody out there has ever heard a donkey uh, freaking out, but it can be kind of weird, uh, a little bit scary but he would do that pretty consistently. And then usually the next day when we would go down to do horses, first thing we'd do is groom them. And when you go to groom them, their their manes and tails would be just completely in knots. Even if we had brushed them the day before, the horses would be in poor shape. So at the time, I really didn't think a lot of it, but I would have kids over like, look at this, like, I didn't do this. and I'd be like, okay, like, what's your point? And they'd be like, we were the last group here. Like, I didn't do this. And I'm like, well, maybe Miss Ann did it. You know, like, it's, yeah, it's not part of my, it's not part of my pay grade right now to worry about the horses' manes. I don't know a whole ton about horses, but I do remember growing up, my great grandma would talk about that happening. And she said it meant there was a witch on your farm. I guess it was because she would go out, and every single day the uh, the manes and the tails on the livestock were tangled up. It was like somebody had gone out and just went haywire on these animals, and they'd be skittish, and they would be jumpy, and they just were not in a good mood at all. That was one of the few things she ever talked about. Was she she said, "I swear there's a witch out here," and she would, I mean, she'd say it all the time. From the first time it happened, down by the horse stables, I I mean, I definitely thought of that. I remembered her saying that immediately. That damn witch. But I was like, well, you know, if it happens a couple of times, whatever. It's not a big deal. You know, like, well, it's coyotes or something like that. But with how consistently it happened there, I did start to wonder uh, a little bit about that. I'd heard about Dismal Falls. I'd read about it. I read about it initially on a photography website, and I saw pictures of it, and I was like, man, that's a beautiful waterfall. Like, I want to get out there and go see this. And I got linked over to a book called Land of Waterfalls, and this is by a guy named Jim Bob Tinsley. He wrote it in 88, and he wrote it about Transylvania County mainly, which is the land of waterfalls, as they call it. There's tons of waterfalls out there, charted, uncharted. There's some that don't even have names. And he describes it as one of the most foreboding places in the Southern Appalachians. I was mainly reading to get directions. I just wanted to know how to get out there. Decided I was gonna go check it out the next day. And so I drove up and I parked there at the base camp. And started my my hike up there. It's almost like a tunnel made out of uh, rhododendron and mountain laurels that are so low to the ground that they're almost over your head. Very thick to get through. You're kind of on hands and knees. And that goes on for for some time. Then you pop out um, of that. It opens up a little bit for you and you're still going up a a really steep grade. Pretty blind, you can't see a whole lot. And you come around this uh, corner and on your left side, there's this really large boulder. I mean, it's gotta be the size of a house. It's, It's a big boulder. So I took note of that and kept on moving. And not too long after that, you come to this point where the trail splits into two. At that point, I stopped and got my map out. I uh, was not sure which way to go 100%. The lower route that stayed pretty flat, according to the map, would go to the dismal wall. But the other trail that goes, I mean, it, from where I was at, it looked like it went straight uphill. Um, that's the one that goes to the waterfall. I mean, it's, it is is really steep. So um, I start the climb up that way. I get probably about halfway up it and just felt like I was being watched. I got that, just that pit of your your stomach feeling and hair on the back of my neck kind of stood up and weirdly enough my nose actually started bleeding right then too. I kind of turned around to where this kind of sense was coming from and all I could see was just this Foot and part of a robe disappear into the rhododendron thicket.
0: What could be lurking in those bushes? Find out. On Snap Judgment, the Campfire Tales episode continues. Stay tuned. Now... If you want more Spooked, if you need more Spooked, be afraid. Spooked Season 7 drops this September 9th. Brand new episodes arise from the ashes and will be released regularly through next spring. Available on the Luminary channel, on Apple Podcasts, or directly on Luminary at luminary.link spooked. Welcome back to Snap Judgment, the Campfire Tales episode featuring stories crafted in the dark of night from our sister podcast, Spooked Illuminary Original. When last we left, Chuck was deep, deep into the woods on a hike when a strange figure appeared, then disappeared into the bush.
1: Spooked. Just caught a glimpse of it. At the time, I mean, we had been we had been out the night before. I was dehydrated a little bit, kind of tired, and a little bit hungover. And so I was like, I was like, I'm definitely seeing things. Like I should take a break. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, how is that possible? Because I didn't hear anything. And with how thick the leaf litter is there, you can hear anything. It was quiet. It's very quiet out there. So. I'm thinking about all this and it's just, it's getting me flustered. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going to keep going. Kept on moving. And eventually I got to the top of this hill that I've been climbing and I crested over the top of it and there's a tree there. The tree has got a rope coming down from it that goes to another tree and that tree has a rope. And then from there it kind of puts you down in the rhododendron by the banks of dismal falls it's just a big long bridal veil really really pretty waterfall it drops 40 feet with a nice cascade and then it hits it hits down and it just runs down this I mean it's got to be a couple hundred feet of uh just slick rock so I hike in go sit at the bottom of the falls I sat down to just chill out have some water look at the falls water was nice and cool so i'm enjoying that i was chewing on some mint i'm feeling good i'm feeling really good um i'm not even stressing on the the foot not too long after i got there and kind of had settled in i get that that feeling again like i was being watched and kind of as i have this feeling I hear what sounded like a voice so I turn and look and uh, up at the very top of the cascade there's a woman standing on top of the waterfall and I could see her plain as day she had kind of curly gray hair bowed down to her shoulders um, I would say she was in her 80's and was wearing a cloak a black one or at least a dark colored one It seemed to be in spectacular condition for somebody who runs around the woods in it. And that's about all I could make out from where I was. But no sooner had I looked at her, she turns and walks off into the rhododendron bushes. And then she's out of sight. At this point, I'm I'm more confused and curious than scared. I'm 6'2 and I weigh like 240, I'm a big dude. Like I'm not, I'm not intimidated, but I'm trying to, trying to think like why somebody would be up there. I I didn't even know you could go up there. So I decide, I decide, well, I'm gonna go up there too. I'm gonna go figure this out on my own. So I throw my stuff in my bag and start making my way up this uh, slick rock next to the, the bridal veil. Now it took me, it took me close to an hour to navigate through all this, this slick rock. This stuff is pretty serious. It, it's kinda tough to, to navigate. And I'm trying to catch my breath and then I hear from the bottom of the falls. This time it was definitely a voice. I heard it really clearly and it just said, hey. And so I turn and look And now she is at the bottom of the falls where I had just been. Now I'm trying to figure out how she would have gotten down there past me when I was coming up because I couldn't find any other trails. Something's not right here. And I was like, this person's following me. What my brain and body said was, get out of there, dude. Like, we don't need to be here. Like, let's get out of here. Already had my pack on. So I just kind of stepped off of the bridle veil and I just kind of went crashing through the bushes until I finally found the trail that I'd come in on. So I, I scramble up those, those rope assists, crest back over the ridge. And so now I'm heading back down. I mean, I'm, I'm trucking pretty hard downhill back toward that split in the trail where I saw the foot initially. So I blow past that point and i'm running pretty much full speed down this hill and i come back to that point where where the big boulder is that big house size rock and of course now it's on my right side and as i come around this blind corner around this rock she's standing right there in the trail in front of me and i almost ran smack into her i took a tumble to avoid hitting her hit the ground pretty hard It winded me pretty good. When I came to a stop, I had basically rolled kind of up against this this rock. So I'm rolled up against, my back's against the rock, and I'm kind of sitting up, and she is standing over top of me, just looking at me. No expression on her face at all, and her eyes were, they were so light blue that they were almost white, like the irises. They almost blended right into the whites of her eyes. The rest of her was really old looking, but her eyes were very, very youthful looking, just piercing. Scared me to death. We could stare at each other for a second. Felt like an eternity, like time slowed down a little bit. I break contact, break eye contact with her and kind of roll, get my feet under me and I take off. And she just kind of watched me. She watched me get my feet under me and go. Now I'm really running. I mean, I'm terrified at this point. The whole time, I'm trying to tell myself, like, this is all. Like, you're making this up. Like, there's nothing weird going on here. Even though I'm in a dead sprint running from something. Finally get right about down closer to base camp. And uh, slow down. Check behind me stopped, I didn't hear anything, I figured I was not being followed, and so I just continued my walk. I got to a point in the trail where there's this down tree, and I cross over this log, come around a corner, and there's a bobcat sitting in the middle of the trail. Ears were not moving, eyes were not moving, not a whisker, flinched. And that's very, that's very uh, out of character. For that animal I mean I, I've been in the woods for a long time over 15 years and uh, I've only ever seen one actual wild Bobcat you're lucky to ever see one much less one sitting just in the trail looking at you so I stop and I'm staring at this this cat and I notice the eyes they weren't like cat eyes the pupils did they weren't slitted wasn't the same shape I mean they were shaped like human eyes the the pupils were I mean almost dead white like very very light blue almost dead white so I knew right away as soon as I saw that cat's eyes I was like oh that's her right there and it was I was terrified I was looking this thing dead in its eyes and it's kind of looking at me and I knew I felt it like deep down in my being, that she could do whatever she wanted to to me. I was at her mercy. So I started talking to her. I was like, look, I was like, you got a beautiful mountain here. I was like, well, I will never go back to your waterfall. Just like, just please let me go. <laughs> like, just let me go. I didn't even speak that out loud. That was just something I thought. And uh, no sooner had I thought that, this, this bobcat turned, walked off the trail. Let me go. After that, it did take some time to process it, but really that's when it all kind of clicked for me right there. It sunk in for me and I was like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. It's just like, it's like, yeah, that was really, really weird. Like, I think I ran into a witch. Um, I don't know. That's kind of just, it was very organic in the way that it just, like my brain automatically was like, Yep. So I mean, an experience like that it it humbles you a lot, especially in that in the position that I was in. I mean, you're you're a big bad guy. Like I have squared up with, I've punched a bear in the jaw. Like I'm not intimidated by a lot of things, but sure enough, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it humbled me a lot because that was probably one of the one of the few times in my life where I felt like truly helpless when I was laying up against that wall, looking at this. What seemed to be like an eighty-year-old woman. This was an old witch, and I think she's been there for a long time, longer longer than eighty years, I would think. I think she's much older than that, and I think that's just that's where she that's where she lives. That's her stomping ground, and uh, it's it's way out of the way for a reason. So, I mean, when I go out in the woods, like I'm picking up trash, I'm taking care of the woods, and I think she saw that. I think she was just kind of like letting me know that she was there. Like she's making her presence known more than anything else. And yeah, really that that's what I got from it for the most part. Cause like I said, I mean, she could have done whatever she wanted to while I was laid up against that rock wall. It sounds crazy, but I think she, I think she stopped me on that trail to judge my character. She decided for whatever reason, not to, not to harm me. And just to see if, you know, if I was worthy enough to be in her woods. And I think she determined that I must have been.
0: Thank you, Chuck, for coming from those woods and bringing your story back with you. If you, listeners, decide to go exploring, please bring a friend. Original Score was by Clay Xavier. It was produced by Greta Weber. Now, if you want more spooked, if you need more spooked, be afraid. Spook Season 7 drops this September 9th. Brand new episodes arise from the ashes and will be released regularly through next spring. Available on the Luminary Channel, on Apple Podcasts, or directly on Luminary at luminary.link slash And please know that this is not the news. No way is this the news. In fact, you could go for a sunset hike to the top of a mountain with a dear, dear friend together. You could enjoy the spectacle of shadow descending through the woods even while the full moon begins to rise and at the dark bend, return you to your friends. Your friend now staring back at you with a particularly wolfy grin, their ears suddenly larger, sharp incisors spouting out on either side of their mouth, and when they hungrily, greedily lunge towards you, know that you would still not be as far away from the news as this is. But this is...